The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks so much for joining us today on winningponies.com. Well, still recovering from a humongous week of racing. Churchill Downs put on a great show with the Breeders' Cup two-day event. Mother Nature could not have been better. Uh, right before the races on Friday, the sun came out and pretty much stayed that way for the next three days in Louisville, Kentucky. Well, we're going to be covering a lot of Breeders' Cup uh, news today. Uh, we've got uh, uh, some tops in the industry, they're going to recap uh, the Breeders' Cup for us and uh, also handicapping some of the top races across the country will be Race Day Las Vegas's host. That's right, the one and only Ralph Sirocco is going to join us. So uh, let's start off with uh, what seems to be continuing good news on the horse racing front. Uh, Belmont Park in New York, as you know, the action now switches over to Aqueduct. Uh, they finished with some very, very strong figures. And while the action on the West Coast switches to Hollywood Park, uh, Santa Anita reports business up 87 Always a barometer of thoroughbred racing is the sales arena in Lexington, Kentucky. And both at Fazig, Tipton, and Keeneland, we're seeing that people are getting back in the business, certainly on the top end. Uh, a big part, of course, of the uh, opening of the Keeneland sale was the dispersal of Edward Evans' Spring Hill Farm. Uh, led by the sale of the grade one stakes winner Christmas Kid, uh, went for $4.2 million, but that wasn't the topper. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Christmas Kid's uh, $4.2 million marked the highest price paid for a broodmare at Keeneland since Playful Act sold for $10.5 million back in 2007. That mare was just one of 14 to bring $1 million or more during the opening day sale, that eclipsed the $8 million horses sold during last year's entire November sale. So that sure looks like uh, good things are on the horizon as far as uh, money getting circulated back into uh, racing via the sales ring. Well, if you were watching the Breeders' Cup, and I certainly assume you were if you're listening to winningponies.com, uh, you got to see uh, Royal Delta in the Ladies Classic just absolutely dominate her rivals, and there were some good ones in there. Well, it didn't take long before she changed hands, but she changed hands for $8.5 million. That's right. She went through the sales ring for $8.5 million. Uh, most probably she'll be the Eclipse Award winner this year. 
Uh, it was the third highest in Keeneland November history, again, going back to Playful Act in 2007. Uh, she was one of the last horses in the ring. There was a big buzz there, a very electrically charged uh, atmosphere uh, coming off that Breeders' Cup Ladies Classic win. Um, and supposedly her purchase was a birthday present by Ben Leon for his wife. So I hope Ben's got me on his birthday list uh, for any gifts that he'd like to give out. Of course, uh, going back to Royal Delta in the Ladies Classic, that was her fifth career win in eight starts, uh, extended her career earnings to $1.6 million. Uh, and again, she probably sewed up the Eclipse Award. Uh, so again, the, the money just going big time. Uh, Ashford, of course, in the Evans sale went to 4.2 million um unrivaled bell the millionaire grade one winner unrivaled bell uh was uh, purchased for 2.8 million by betty moran's brushwood stables uh it was uh, the first price of the day to exceed seven figures and of course uh all eyes were on blind luck blind luck of course uh failed in her last race but plans were switched to put her in the sale. She brought $2.5 million. And, uh, of course, she had a really, really uh, tough campaign. I guess uh, she's probably retired from racing. They could put her back in training. Uh, she'll retire with 12 lifetime wins, 10 of which came in graded stakes races for earnings of 3 million dollars so it'll be interesting to look down the road and see if we see any blind luck babies uh, another two million dollar uh, horse uh, was uh, love me only who uh, went for 2.1 million of course she's a saddler's wells mare and uh, the bloodlines will just go down as some of the best uh, and so jane lyon uh, bought the horse and uh, it'll be uh, very interesting to watch her uh, influence the bloodlines of the thoroughbred breed as they go. A, uh, a half-sibling uh, to St. Liam commanded $2 million. And uh, I could go on, but I won't, but you get the point. Money is rolling at Keeneland for the mixed sale, even in through the middle of the week. Um, AU Minor, who uh, was uh, in in the marathon and uh, but pulled up in distress. It looks like things uh, hopefully are turning the corner there for AU Minor. Uh, he uh, had successful surgery to repair broken sesamoids uh, in the marathon, and trainer Clark Hanna says that uh, he's wearing a brace on his left leg and the Haygard Equine Medical Institute in Lexington, and the surgery was a success, and everything is going well as of now and they're optimistic uh, for AU Minder. Um, a horse uh, who put in many, many uh, gutsy performances over the years uh, that uh, did not quite go out on, on a winning note, but nonetheless uh, was extremely successful. Gio Ponte uh, has been retired from racing. Uh, Castleton Lions, three-time homebred, has been retired, and he's going to stay in stud in 2012 at Castleton Lions for a stud fee of $20,000. What a consistent runner. Of course, we've talked a couple times uh, handicapping him that uh, sometimes he was his own worst enemy, taking himself back, and then sometimes he'd find a wall of horses. But nonetheless, he finished first or second in 22 of 29 starts. 
uh, and he was a stakes winner all five years he raced and a graded stakes winner four straight years. Of course, he was voted uh, champion older male in 2009 and the champion grass male both 2009 and 2010. On the retirement side of the human racing, we're looking at Jean-Luc Samin. Anybody from the East Coast that uh, was around tracks there often heard in the paddock, Samin on the green. It was just freakish how this uh, Frenchman would score in grass races. Well, uh, this week he celebrated his 55th birthday and uh, on that day, he took out his license as a jockey agent, saying he was going to retire from racing. He rode for more than 30 years, mostly on the Naira circuit. And uh, he always said that uh, he, if he was able to walk away from riding when he was 55, that was the time to do it. Uh, he started riding in New York in the uh, mid-'70s, won his first stakes race in '78, And uh, he just won dozens of stakes at Aqueduct, Belmont, and Saratoga, of course, uh, the highlight of his racing career came on a single weekend back in 2000. He won the Grade 1 Turf Classic aboard John's Call, one of my favorites, and the Grade 1 Flower Bowl Invitational with Cool Star, and the Grade 2 Kelso with Forbidden Apple, a day he'll never forget. Of course, another day he'll never forget was when he was uh, running a snowblower over a year ago, and he lost uh, two fingers. He did come back and ride but uh, just was never the same. So Jean-Luc Samin uh, will be uh, becoming a jockey agent. Well, uh, in, in the Breeders' Cup, uh, lots of ups and lots of downs. Um, we'll just kind of go over it really quickly, and uh, then we're going to come back with some representatives of Blood Horse Magazine and get into the meat. Of course, it all started off uh, with the juvenile sprint, and uh, as you recall, Brad Free last week on winningponies.com gave us a big push on Secret Circle. Obviously, a lot of you folks listened. <laughs> Went off odds on and didn't disappoint with Rafael Bayerano in the saddle. Then it was the, the Juvenile Phillies turf. As you recall, uh, I commented that uh, Johnny Velasquez was taking a little risk there. He uh, took off two Todd Pletcher horses. Uh, to ride for Wayne Catalano. Obviously, Johnny V knew what he was doing, or his agent did. Stephanie's Kitten coming home at 6-1, to one, while the uh, Pletcher horses ran second and third in that race. The, over the two-day period, we did see some huge long shots. Uh, they started to roll in the Philly and Mare Sprint with Musical Romance 20-1. to one. Favorite Turbulent Descent... Had the lead turning for home, but just kind of flattened out. It was kind of roughed up at the start, but ended up running fifth. Uh, then uh, coming on to the Grey Goose Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies, it was my Miss Aurelia. This was the second favorite of the day. So uh, two of the first three, some people must have been feeling pretty good if they were lucky enough to uh, put musical romance uh, in the middle there. Uh, My Miss Aurelia, ridden by Corey Nakatani, uh, was pretty impressive, uh, pulled away, again, as the favorite uh, to win by three lengths. Then we went from the favorite to long shot time again at 27-1, to riding another Winner, it was Johnny V, not on a favorite, 27-1. to 1. Uh, Perfect Sherl just rallied 
to leave four horses in a photo. It was a really close photo. Uh, behind her was a Nehran, Misty for Me, and Distorted Legacy, uh, with just noses and heads uh, separating them all. Uh, favorite, uh, Stace Alita. Had some traffic problems, but really not enough to explain a 10th place finish in the Philly and Mare turf race. Uh, then it was back to favorite time, and that's right. It was the girl who put an extra stamp on her final sales ticket, Royal Delta. Uh, she won the $2 million Ladies Classic, uh, improving uh, her, her record. Uh, Jose Lescano was in the saddle. Uh, Plum Pretty facing older horses as, uh, as good as she was. She was a slight second favorite, and uh, she was on the lead turning for home. She was on the lead at the eighth pole, but just started to fade and ended up finishing fifth in the race. Then we move on to Saturday, another gorgeous day uh, at the Louisville track. And we started out with the marathon, and we started out with a lot of people tearing up their combine tickets. At 41 to 1, it was a fleet again. Cornelio Velasquez in the saddle, the longest shot in the field. But uh, surprisingly, this was not going to be the last time on this day that the longest shot in the field would win the race, believe it or not. So a fleet again gets it done, bringing home an 85-20 payoff. Uh, another uh, f- uh, favorite that finished off the board, well, that happened in the juvenile turf, and from coming across the pond was Irish bred Rote, uh, trained by Aidan O'Brien. Ryan Moore was in the saddle, and uh, the Europeans, of course, always a threat on the grass. Uh, Rote going off at 11 to 1. Finale was Johnny V's favorite, just really didn't fire, ended up finishing seventh. So we'll, uh, we'll move on to the sprint right now. It was Amma Zombie, Mike Smith, adding to his Breeders' Cup total. He's been fantastic in the Breeders' Cup. I believe he's chasing down Jerry Bailey for all-time number of wins. An absolutely beautiful ride to score by a neck over the pace setter, Force Freeze. Once again, favorite. Did hit the board, but didn't get the job done. That was Jackson Bend getting the job uh, not done, finishing third, 1780 for Amma Zombie. Uh, Then we moved on to the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint, and in the Turf Sprint, it was Corey Nakatani. He got a win each Breeders' Cup day. This time, of course, it was aboard Regally Ready. He took over midway and really never looked back. Uh, He uh, was on the lead the whole way, just kind of chasing him, uh, off the pace was Country Day, who ran second at 33 to one, and Perfect Officer at 10 to one. Uh, then came another eh, medium upset, I guess you could say, in uh, Caleb's Posse, uh, who rallied from far back, benefited from the speed duel up front. Uh, Caleb's Posse uh, flew by Shackelford to win, going away by four lengths. Uh, Wilburn, the favorite, well, he's off to. Seventh, he'll be going to stud at Spendthrift Farm. Uh, history was made in the Breeders' Cup uh, turf 
as 18-year-old Joseph O'Brien won for his father, Aiden O'Brien, who was winning his second race of the day, uh, favored Serafina, was bumped several times early, but she was a pretty well-beaten fourth. Uh, then it was uh, the juveniles. It'll be very interesting to see how the voting comes out. A close one, holding on by a head. It was the gray ghost, Hanson, who held off favored Union Rags. A uh, little disappointing for a lot of people who wanted to see history made in the Breeders' Cup Mile. Gold Kova kind of got stuck down on the rail, had to take out. There was a little bit of bumping involved. Uh, ended up finishing third, winning by a nose at 64-1. to Another long shot was Court Vision. And then rounding out the day, of course, Mike Smith getting redemption from last year. And though he disappointed on Zenyatta, he did not disappoint on Drosselmeyer. Uh, Mike Smith, as you recall earlier in the year, the Battle of the Sexes. Chantel Sutherland was on Game On Dude, looked like a winner at the 16th pole, but Mike Smith got the job done. That's a brief look at the Breeders' Cup results, and we're, we're going to be back to cover the entire day with an outstanding writer and a man that was there to witness it all, Tom Lamara from the Blood Horse. Stay tuned to winningponies.com. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, well, welcome back, and I'm going to welcome the news editor of the Blood Horse magazine, and a man I'd like to call a close personal friend, an award-winning writer, the one, the only, Tom Lamara. Tom, how you doing? I'm good, John. How are you doing? 
I'm doing fine, you know. I'm still kind of reeling. There's a, you know, so much that 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 came out of the Breeders' Cup. An interesting story that I just got off of Bloodhorse.com that I found interesting, and we'll get into the meat of the Breeders' Cup races. But I'd like to get your response on the fact that it looks like, and I said this after the race, after Drosselmeyer won the Classic, I said. Do you think he's standing stud in New York? And now I read on bloodhorse.com <laughs> that he could actually race again and could race into his four-year-old season. Yeah. Um, when we first heard about that, the question was whether he would stand in New York or Kentucky. But then um, uh, Winstar said that he may race again. So that kind of caught me by surprise because I thought that he was not going to race again. Um, you know, I guess it makes sense. I mean, he's, what is he, four years old? And, you know, I think it's good that horses are coming back. Um, you know, but he won a Breeders' Cup Classic that, uh, quite frankly, you know, may not go down as one of the better ones. So maybe he still has something to prove. I don't know. <laughs> and maybe he's still got something left. Uh, it could be a boost for Churchill Downs if uh, they decide to wheel him back in uh, the Clark Handicap on November 25th. Well, that would be interesting because my guess is if he were to win the Clark, which is a grade one now, um, you know, that he may have a shot at horse of the year and then maybe he would be retired. Um, I thought maybe Baffert would run game on dude in the Clark. I haven't heard anything. Um, but the way things have gone this year, especially in the classic, you know, the Clark is the last major race for older horses and i think if people are thinking about horse of the year that's really not a bad spot to run them no and it would good it would be great if game on dude decided to stick around i mean that would really light a fire under the end of the season you know that yeah and and you know um i think the clark may be interesting because you know as you've you know read on websites and Twitter and all that stuff, people really are, are like asking the question, who is Horse of the Year? Nobody seems to know. So maybe that's a good race to prove it. Yeah. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I was reading on uh, Lamara at Large or something along those lines, uh, your, your kind of views of the Breeders' Cup. Now, when, when I sit back, when I think about, you know, the things that, that I saw uh, the other day, the kind of the storylines uh that, that that grabbed me the most, and you can correct me if I'm wrong or tell me which ones uh, grabbed you, was uh, obviously um, the, the win by uh, Joe O'Brien for his dad. Uh, I, I just thought that that was really moving and touching, and it made history. I mean, he's an 18-year-old kid. It looks like he's probably going to grow out of the saddle. Uh, but it's kind of neat that, that he could come in and win a $3 million race for his dad. The other one, of course, was Goldakova. I really think that, you know, everybody was kind of rooting for the Cinderella mare uh, to, to, to make history. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of it hurt when she didn't get home. But we still saw a great race with, with Court Vision, you know, getting on top by a nose. And, of course, the whole... Drosselmeyer, Gaiman, Dude, Smith against Sutherland, and the redemption that he had for Zenyatta. Uh, did any of those particular storylines grab you, or was there another one, perhaps uh, the uh, you know Hanson winning the juvenile that 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 comes to the top in Tom Lamara's mind? Well, Hanson was a great story, and you know um, when 
when the magazine stories uh, are assigned, you know, I just happened to have a juvenile, and this was a couple months ago. You know, and I never complain about what story I get because, you know, you just roll the dice, you write whatever you get. But as it turned out, you know, Hanson won the Kentucky Cup at Turfway Park, and I covered the race, and it was a great story then because, you know, this horse was like, you know, who is this horse? You know, he broke his maiden by 12, wins the Kentucky Cup Juvenile by 13, and I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. It's just a great story, and the fact that he won is even better. Um, you know, so I really had fun with that story, so I'm kind of partial to that. Um, I don't vote anymore for the Eclipse Awards, but... You whoa, know, whoa, 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 what do you mean by that? I'm no longer a member of the Turf Riders. Hey, look, if, so you, I if, if, you, if, you, if you need 75 bucks, Tom, give me a call, will you? <laughs> it's got nothing to do with the money. It's, it's um, you know, I just have other issues with the organization. But we can All right, we won't go there. We won't go there. But I don't vote, but, you know, the question was raised, you know, who is the two-year-old champion? <clears throat> and, um, yes, Union Rags had a rough trip. He may have been best in the race, but traditionally when people vote, you have a Breeders' Cup juvenile winner who was who was undefeated in three starts, so I would guess that he would get it. Well, um, we saw that last year. I mean, a lot of people didn't like it, but when the two horses right. meet on the track, Blame beats Zenyatta, and, and, and Blame got it, and I, I'm, I'm in your corner. I really think that they, they were on the track. Uh, Hanson threw the gavel down, catch me if you can. That's his running style. As you saw, turning for home. Everybody took a shot at him. They weren't far away, but he, he had enough right. left to get the job done. Yeah, and 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 he really won that race fair and square, despite what people may think. You know, I mean, you know, um, he got away with 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 much softer fractions than usual. But you know, but on the other side, you know, this horse, you know, was in front by six or eight lengths way and you know horses were no more than a length and a half or two lengths behind him throughout the race and he still won so i think it's a done deal personally but but like i said i don't vote but he would get my vote so. well <laughs> we will find out now amongst the other yeah. storylines which ones kind of grabbed you as a writer the gold story is interesting because you know um you know of course there was an inquiry there was an objection she was not taken down from third place. But, you know, um, I guess the post position really did hurt her because if you look at her other races that she's won in the Breeders' Cup the past three, or, excuse me, the previous three, um, you know, she's always been, like, outside where she can make that quick burst, and she that wasn't the case this year. I'm not so sure that, you know, that, well, yes, she's a year older. Maybe she slowed down a little bit, but... You know, I think the trip really cost her. I think had she gotten the typical trip where she's outside and covered up and then had a clear run, that maybe she would have either won or been a lot closer than she was. So, you know, I'm not going to criticize the mayor. Um, you know, she's fantastic. I think she had a great career. And, um, you know, it's just racing luck, you know. Uh, and and I don't like to use the word luck. It's racing circumstances. You know, you just don't always get your trip. And that's what happened. Um, as, as far as uh, let's go back one day to, to to the ladies' classic. I know it just seems it's natural to put most of your attention on 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 the Saturday card. Uh, but uh, 
that was a that was a pretty wide open race in the ladies classic, and the, you, you got to admit that Royal Delta probably uh, stamped her ticket to an Eclipse Award that day. I think so too. Um, you know, she's been pretty consistent. She's had that that one clunker at Tampa uh, last winter that nobody really could explain, but after that, you know, uh, she was pretty consistent. Uh, clearly the best three-year-old filly. Um, you know, what's interesting is that in her last race, she lost by about eight or nine lengths to Haver yeah. de Grace, mm-hmm. um, who, of course, you know, ran fourth in the Classic. Um, again, I don't hold that against her, you know. Um, I'm really not uh, – I really don't know what to make of the Classic result and the way that the race was run. But clearly Royal Delta was the best three-year-old filly. Um, I guess if Haver de Grace was in the ladies classic, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> it might have been pretty close, but, uh, I think Haver de Grace is the, uh, the champion older mare and still has a shot at horse of the year, you know, because, um, you know, she beat males. She ran against males again, ran fourth in the classic. And, uh, there's really not a whole lot more out there, um, you know, I don't know if a Breeders' Cup Classic win for Drosselmeyer would make him Horse of the Year. You know, um, it was the first uh, major race that he had won in about 15 or 16 months. So it's very interesting. It's very interesting. I've actually spoken to people who have said that, you know, maybe tongue-in-cheek, I'm not sure, but, you know, why not, you know, make Rapid Redux Horse of the Year because he's won 19 races in a row. But, you know, he... He's a starter allowance horse. It's one of those years. <laughs> well, we, we've been tracking him all, all year on winningponies.com. Obviously, uh, the, the picture is very, very foggy. Now, I have been hearing fr- from some in the sport, uh, again, talking about an undefeated two-year-old. Uh, you mentioned Hanson. Uh, you've got to, I think, also, again, as crazy as this year is, uh, my Miss Aurelia, uh, who was very impressive in winning the uh, $2 million juvenile Phillies. I mean, this Philly hasn't taken a, a bad step yet. Uh, she's four for four with two grade one wins. Yeah, um, her race in the juvenile Phillies was probably one of the most impressive races of the whole Breeders' Cup. She's four for four. Um you know, I don't know if the two-year-old filly would get horse of the year, but, you know, but clearly she has dominated her division. And, um, you know, I could see her really, really moving up, you know, if she continues to improve. But um, in that particular race, I was completely sold on Grace Hall, who ran second, actually. <clears throat> and um, she was previously undefeated as well. But... Um, Grace Hall ran a great race, and Miss Aurelia just, you know, just, uh, you know, just like drew away from her in the stretch. Grace Hall was an easy second by six or eight lengths. I forget what it was, but, you know, she made a believer out of me. And, you know, this is one of those years, you know, where, you know, you have a horse that, uh, you know, was undefeated. She dominated her division. There's no standout in any other division. Maybe she does get votes for Horse of the Year. Yeah, and, you know, again, it probably doesn't happen with, with a two-year-old filly, and it probably doesn't happen with a sprinter, but I have been, again, just, you know, reading across the country, people trying to make a case for Amma Zombie, uh, who's barely taken a bad step all year. Yeah, he won 
five or six stakes this year, of course, including the sprint. And, um, you know, he won it fair and square. Um, um, I did bet four threes in that race. And, <laughs> and uh, at the oh, sorry the stretch, about your luck. I he, yeah, I know. I thought he was gone at the top of the stretch. But, again, the way they – the track was drying out at Churchill Friday and Saturday. And for some reason, horses who were making – the bid to the lead at the top of the stretch, who normally would win, Shackelford was another one, actually. They were getting run down in the stretch. And, um, you know, that's interesting. Uh, the same thing happened with Game on Dude. Um, you know, so, yeah, you know, I, you know, I don't want to blame the, the way the track was playing for horses winning or losing, but, again, you come back to Hanson. Hanson, Hanson didn't get caught. Right. And he, I think he might have been the only one that didn't get caught on the dirt. You know, and quite frankly, you know, I don't care what his buyer speed figure was because I don't believe in that nonsense. I look at what happens on the racetrack, and you know what? He was the only horse that held on. And just to support so your story, counts. Caleb's Maybe Fosse. Maybe that counts for something. Right. Yeah. Maybe I mean, Caleb's Fosse came from out of it. You know, and uh, and as you said, you know, Shackelford just you know, didn't make it, so he may have right. have well run past the bias. But exactly. it's going to be very exactly. interesting. All I can say is, you know, it's just you cannot. I mean, how many horses did we just mention? A half a dozen that that have a shot yeah. at being horse of the year. It, it, it's going yeah. to be very very interesting, and uh, we'll see who the voters and and who and who the fans settle on. I, I think if Drasselmeyer comes back and runs in the Clark, it, that might stamp his ticket. Well, he would need to win the race. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, and and, and you know, once again, we don't know who's going to show up in the Clark. You know, it's uh, one and one eighth miles. Um, my guess is, you know, Haver de Grace won't show up. I think she's done for the year. But, uh, you know, I could, see Baffert. Back, I could see Baffert showing up. I could see Baffert showing up because, you know, that horse, um, the first time I saw him run live was at Charlestown in the, in the uh, $1 million race in April. It's a grade three now. And he ran a great race, um, but he finished behind Duke of Mischief, of course, who, who was not in the Classic. But he beat Tisway, who would have been the favorite for the Classic, right. is my guess, but got injured. So Tisway finished third in the Charlestown race, came on dude, ran second. But, but after that point, you know, um, he won, I think, uh, two grade ones, maybe two grade twos, and ran second in the Classic. So, you know, one more grade one, you know, may push him over the top for horse of the year. Well, it's going to be fun to watch. And speaking of fun, Tom, it's always fun uh, talking Absolutely. to you. News editor of the Blood Horse, you do a fantastic job. I look forward to meeting you at a racetrack sooner than later, Tom. All right, John, thanks. All right. That was Tom Lamar from the Blood Horse. Coming up from Race Day Las Vegas, we're going to be talking horses with Ralph Sirocco on winningponies.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com. 
the home of the Easy Win Form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, back with Winning Ponies and, and back with uh, an excellent handicapper, uh, a friend of mine that I got to know over the years working in northern Kentucky. Uh, his name is Ralph Sirocco. If you uh, tune in to Race Day Las Vegas, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Ralph, how you doing tonight? Great. I got, uh, you know, the football games going on. I got a little horse racing going on, and um, I'm sitting here talking to you. Life is good. I like it. Well, listen, Ralph, do me a favor. Uh, if, if somebody that's been living under a rock all these years uh, doesn't know uh, Ralph Sirocco, to tell me a little bit about uh, your entrance into the game, how you fell in love with it, and, and the, the different positions that you've worked in in racing, even including a track announcer. Well, I got to tell you, John, we don't have enough time to go through my resume, and every time I talk about it, I, I listen to myself and say, geez, can't this guy keep a job? <laughs> well, just hit the highlights then. Well, I got into it uh, because of my size in Southern California, where I lived in Southern California and went from the backside to the front side, and uh, was at one time the radio TV director for Hollywood Park, and uh, did a lot of TV shows that was based on racing there in Southern California, then went to the simulcasting route. Of course, uh, met up with you when I was in uh, Florence, Kentucky at Turfway Park when we started the Kentucky Simulcast Racing Network, and um, came uh, to uh, Las Vegas to pursue uh, a lot of uh, different endeavors, and have been a turf rider for the Las Vegas Sun here, and a rider for the Daily Racing Forum, and We've been doing our little race day Las Vegas show for uh, almost uh, 14 years now here in town, and uh, it's just uh, been a lot of fun. I had an opportunity to call races at the Garden State Park racetrack, the track of the 21st century that never made the 21st century, <laughs> and uh, stepped in uh, a couple of times for uh, uh, you know Battaglia, Mike Battaglia over there at Turfway, and uh, just uh, had a lot of fun. You, you got good pipes, Ralph. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Now, uh, t- tell me, uh, I mean, I'm shocked, of course, we're getting older faster. 14 years with Race Day Las Vegas? Yeah, you know, it was uh, this town um, in the race books here in Las Vegas before all the permeation now of, of uh, you know, all the simulcasting all over the country at racetracks. You, the, uh, the fans and, and the people here who live here who went to the races back in the early days of simulcasting, actually went to the races on a national basis. Now that now we do it through simulcasting, but then they did it. And they knew just about as much as was going on at Aqueduct as it was in Southern California and Hollywood Park and all points in between. So I finally decided, getting old, I said, you know what, instead of going out to the racetracks and, 
and covering racing, the racetracks can come to me. And um, we saw a little uh, a pocket of need out there in the in the radio world here in Las Vegas for the folks who uh, frequent the races every day in the race books and started the show, and it's uh, been going ever since. Uh, well, uh, I know we want to get into the four races, but we're going to handicap. But real quick, if you could just kind of uh, give me your insights in, into this year's Breeders' Cup, uh, what came to the top for you, what caught your eye, maybe what surprised you. Well, uh, you know, a couple of things, but the most uh, the thing overall is Breeders' Cup is supposed to be the day they crown champions, and I think they they crowned more of a uh, Pandora's box than champions, don't you think? Absolutely. All it did was muddy the waters. Yeah, I mean, you got uh, you got Drosselmeyer. I mean, uh, just think about it. Drosselmeyer, if he comes back uh, and runs in the Clark and wins that there, he he's going to garner a lot of votes. And, and uh, Drosselmeyer wasn't even on the radar screen. Uh, you know what? Ninety days ago, uh, you know it's like the uh, almost like the uh, GOP uh, debates. <laughs> Absolutely, it is. Um, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, <laughs> let's start getting into some. I don't know which one's Gingrich and which one's uh, you know Rick Perry. By the way, you could figure it out. You can equate the horses to them, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, I, I heard some people talking about. Uh, you know, the, that Harv de Grace, even losing the Breeders' Cup Classic, uh, is still going to gain a lot of votes. But, you know, just take a look at Blind Luck. I mean, Blind Luck, who didn't show up because of uh, being having a setback, uh, she beat Harv de Grace. So how do you give it to a horse that's, you know, and not give consideration to the other horse who beat her? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's everywhere. As Tom and I were just talking about, I don't know if you caught the segment. It says, "Yeah, you, you could go. You could go in so many directions." Well, listen. What I want to go right now is uh, to to the betting window this weekend, and I want to uh, uh, tap into your knowledge. So uh, let's let's take a look at some horses. We're going to go pretty much from uh, from uh, from Aqueduct to Hollywood Park with two stops in between. Uh, we'll start off with the. Uh, 55th running of the Long Island Handicap. It's a grade three race for Phillies and Mares. Uh, this is a, it, I know it's only an eight-horse field, but this race is filled with a who's who of trainers, particularly some turf trainers. Uh, we're talking about Dale Romans. Of course, we saw what he did with the turf horse court vision over the weekend. You've got Graham Motion, winner of the Kentucky Derby, uh, Shug McGahee, and then, of course, two guys that are known for their turf training, Jonathan Shepard and Roger Atfield, that all have... Uh, Phillies and mares in this race. Uh, how'd you break it down? Well, first of all, I just think it's really neat for New York to name a race after a cocktail. <laughs> yes, and don't drink more than three. <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, uh, you're right. It is. It's a pretty darn good field, you know, for this late in the season, and being a Grade Three as it is, mile and a half on the Aqueduct Turf Course, man. I got to tell you, you're not going to see too many of these before the winter sets in. So let's enjoy this thing. But um, you know, I looked at it uh, from the standpoint is. I'm not uh, talking out of school here. I like a, a lot of the favorites in the race. I think Emerald Beach is set up real nice for this race uh, for uh, Jonathan Shepard, who we all know knows how to get grass horses and certainly long-distance grass horses to do their thing. And, of course, uh, Augustin, uh, Augustin Stable is uh, synonymous with uh, Shepard. Uh, horse had a nice even race. Uh, and saved ground in the Flower Bowl, a grade one against Stace Alita, who you know wound up uh, being one of the favorites in the Breeders' Cup, for goodness sake. Yeah, sakes. got my she, money, she believe it or not. This, this uh, you know, Philly, this mare won four races before 
finishing fourth to her in the uh, Flower Bowl. Are you looking over my shoulder? You're reading all of my notes. You know, oh, I've got sorry. four in a row, and her last one was an extremely tough uh, grade one when you're in against horses uh, like, like Stace Alia. And, of course, I have the, the utmost respect for Jonathan Shepard, uh, especially getting a horse ready to go long on the grass. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, he's got the forte there, and uh, I don't know. I think eight to five is a pretty decent price if they can hold it. I'll, I'll take that. Um. It looks like maybe uh, some of the polish is off the apple of Mekon Melody. I mean, uh, uh, this mare won this race last year, but uh, just has not returned uh, to her form this year. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, that's uh, when you have, and you know this as well as I do, uh, John, when you have uh, classy race mares starting to tail off, uh, they get sour on you. And, I, you know, I just don't know if it's the class that she's been running in. You know, the Canadian is a grade two, and the E.P. Taylor, grade one, that came up real big uh, down there at Woodbine. You'd have to reach back into the Saratoga races, uh, you know, to say she's on the dance floor. But Roger Atfield, man, I mean, can you really risk uh, not, uh, you know, putting taking him out of your exotic? No, you, you you can't because the guy's just too good, and you don't know if he's been taking his time with her. I mean, the horse is coming out of a, of a grade one. and And personally, this is this horse's ticket. At this distance, has never been beat. I got to tell you, uh, you, you, there's another uh, on the human side of it. If you leave them out of your exotics, you're going to tear up a lot of tickets in New York, and that's Ramon Dominguez, and he winds up on Musical Rain. You know, the uh, the Irish uh, horse uh, Dale Romans came off the shelf at Belmont, got a nice, uh, you know, confidence building win off the shelf early October, coming from way out of it to win, going away. So you know, I, I got I got to put that one. Even though she is, she looks cheap on paper. Uh, knowing those connections and the way Dominguez rides, I'd have to put her in my gimmick too. Yeah, and you got to admit, uh, you know, Dale Romans is on a, a, a little bit of a roll right there. Uh, it's going to be an interesting race as far as it, it just sets up on paper because uh, I, I'm wondering who's going to take the lead. They all like to seem to sit off the pace and make a big run at the end. Yeah, I know that's uh, that's the thing. And then you get these jockeys thinking. And when you get them thinking, you really got a problem. <laughs> well, you might see Xavier Castellano and uh, Rich uh, maybe pressing it a little bit more than than he normally does, since most of these horses like to come from out of the sky. But really, in an eight-horse field, there's a lot of talent there. We'll, we'll see if we can come up with, with a decent exotic. You know, um, I, I, like you said, I like Emerald Beach with uh, Mekong Melody, music, uh, Musical Rain, and a little shot to a horse called Hasse. So I think I'm going to key Emerald Beach to those three horses back and forth in the one and two hole and see if I can uh, make something happen. I'm not far from you there, Ralph. Listen, let's go get warm. Let's go down to Calder Racecourse. Of course, uh, this is uh, one of those days where uh, you've got all these state-bred races, which is, I, I think is kind of neat because you're comparing apples to apples. Uh, we did this in Ohio. We did this in Illinois on winningponies.com uh, where you, you, you see, for the most part, horses that have competed against themselves uh, throughout the entire card. Uh, I, I picked the Bonnie Heath Turf Cup. Uh, handicap uh, for us because it's got a pretty decent sized field. I'm trying to see if we can't come up with with, with a price in here. But the horse that catches my eyes is kind of a, a lightly raced gelding by the name of Slew's Answer. Uh, this is a, obviously a Florida bred, but it's trained by Graham Motion. The horse won its only start against Florida breds uh, in the Turf Classic at Tampa. 
Um, and since then has been, you know, racing out of state and, and the horse has raced the distance five times and has three wins. We're, we're you know, we're going a mile and an eighth uh, on the weeds. Uh, I'm interested to see, uh, see who you like. Well, you know, I, at the first blush, uh, when you, you know, when you're talking about grand motion, I mean, has the guy done anything wrong lately? But when I see, see the horse, um, it is lightly raced and, uh, certainly, uh, won a race at uh, Tampa, a state bred race, so that fits right into this mole. But when optional 32,000 non-winner two other than, I, you know, I don't know. I, I'd have to really see if, if uh, you know, this one can step up in, in a race like this. I kind of like uh, Tannersville in this race. He, a hard knocker, uh, you know, and uh, raced uh, third uh, on the uh, Calder race course, yielding course last time. We don't really know what it's going to be like in uh, Florida. Hopefully on the weekend will be okay. And if that's the case, uh, you know, the the horse uh, is going to be on or close to the lead. And uh, that's kind of the one I'm leaning towards. Uh, no big deal, no big shakes in that one, though, when you, when you talk about the 3-to-1 morning line. I like Livington Street a little in there, and I, I'm going to actually put Livingston Street strong in the one and two hole in this race. Um just beat ahead in his last race, just missed, and I think he's sitting on one. Uh, he had a nice win before that, so he's in good form right now. Well, yeah, i got to admit, Tannersville, I, I always love horses for courses, and on the Calder turf, this horse has raced eight times, has four wins, three-thirds, and has won $129,000. Yeah, how about um, that, huh? You know, and another horse that we kind of like uh, we talked about in the last race, a horse that uh, uh, won the uh, Turf Classic at Tampa last year. Uh, Piku has just not been the same since the layoff. So uh, a horse that, uh, you know, would have been competitive in this race 12 months ago uh, seems to have t- tailed off just a little bit. But uh, a very bettable race. It's, it's nice to see horses where we got, uh, you know, so, some numbers in there. As you know, it's harder and harder. Well, I'll yeah. tell you what we're going to do. i got to tell you, though, that, you know, along with uh, those horses, I'm going to stick Star Sarava in there to try to make the exotic happen. There you go. Well, let's look for some big numbers. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here, and then we're going to come back. We're going to go back to Churchill Downs, and then we're going to go all the way back out to Hollywood Park with Race Day Las Vegas' Ralph Sirocco helping us handicap the car. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And with Ralph Sirocco from RacedayLasVegas.com. Uh, before we uh, finish this segment out on WinningPonies.com, we're going to let you know how you can tune in to Ralph uh, throughout the entire year. Well, we're going to go uh, to Churchill Downs with a race that ought to give us real interesting betting angles. Uh, this is just a great matchup. We're going to Mile of 16th in the Mrs. Revere uh, a very interesting uh, group of horses here. Ralphie, I'm, uh, I'm not going to tell you who I like. I'm going to listen to you first and then tell you my pick. I think the horse that, uh, you know, the, the filly that's, uh, you know, uh, in this race that's her race to win or lose is marketing mix. You got Julian Le Peru uh, coming on board. He's the hot ticket in, in uh, Kentucky right now. She had a nice second in the QE2. That's, that's a nice race up at Keeneland. She won the race before, uh, you know, her return race uh, off off of a Woodbine summer run in the Pucker Up at Arlington Park. And uh, I, I just think all he's got to do is work a trip from the outside. You and I both know John Asher from from uh, Churchill. He tells me that it's very hard to win from the outside on the grass course, but I can only reflect back to Tour Laura and just be, getting beat a nose by Court Vision in the um, Breeders' Cup mile. So if somebody can work out, uh, a trip for this horse would be Le Peru. Once again, I know you're in Las Vegas and you got all those bubble things in the ceiling, you know, watching people. I swear to God, you're looking over my shoulder. Um, like I said, my notes here are that this horse is coming out of a huge race, the QE2. Uh, I was there. That was won by Together, who's just, you know, a, a, a sensational filly. Um, and uh, Julian Le Paru, it's his world at Churchill and Keeneland, and we're just living in it. He's on a great roll right now. The star that I have is by Marketing Mix. Now, we've got some interesting horses here to put underneath. I mean, it's hard to throw out Kenny McPeak's horse, uh, Busy Caroline. He's certainly not afraid to travel with this filly. This filly loves Churchill Downs. She's never been beat on the turf there. Yeah, I'm going to throw her in, her, in my exotics. I'm also going to throw in... Uh... Lou Vercura, or however you pronounce that, the, the 12 yeah. horse, big race uh, at Calder. A lot of yeah, these Calder shippers go around and they really do well. And the only uh, problem I think uh, I'm risking is the fact that uh, you know, trained by Marty Wilson, is a little bit of a, one of those Euro bounces. But I'll take a shot with uh, with the 12 horse and uh, Smart Sting and uh, Groupie Doll are uh, other horses with uh, nice prices attached to them that I want to put in the exotics. Well, again, I, I handicap without prices. I agree uh, with you on, on Luvakova. But the other horse I think I'm going to put in there is, is Hungry Island. I mean, uh, th- this filly won four in a row, and she's another one that's coming out of a bang-up grade one, uh, the Garden City at Belmont Park, a Suge McGee trainee uh, that lost by a length and three-quarters to Winter Memories, who, who's a sensational filly. And i got to tell you, if you saw that race, Winter Memories – engulfed the entire field in like three jumps in that race. I mean, that was super impressive. 
I did see it, and we talked. We talked it about uh, winningponies.com uh, just just last week. Well, listen, let's, let's let's move out to the babies here out at Hollywood Park. Kind of an an interesting race. It's called the Real Quiet. It, it's a hundred thousand uh, dollars. Most of these horses are going to be stretching their legs out to a mile and a sixteenth for the first time. It, it, it's a short but interestingly matched field. I know you're polite. Short and interestingly matched. Listen, we went from New York to to Kentucky. Uh, and we, uh, you know, and Florida, all big fields, good horses. Uh, good <laughs> I know where you're going. Racing, and then we get to Southern California, the hundred thousand dollar real quiet, and they they shove six at us. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, to tell you the truth, it comes down to two horses for me. And uh, you know, you got to try to get an eight to five to beat, uh, you know, maybe a six to five or whatever. Maybe in this race, a five to two to beat an eight to five. But I like. Uh, Richard Mandela's horse, Tiz Point, in this race. He's a Tiz now. The horse will be running his fourth start uh, at his fourth different racetrack, by the way. Started out at five and a half furlongs. That's not, uh, you know, Tiz now is the best forte. Comes back, wins a maiden at Golden Gate. Goes on the turf at Santa Anita, runs a nice second. And uh, I think this hits him right between the eyes. Garrett Gomez rides. All right. And the second horse you like, I want to see if it's my top pick. Well, I'm trying to beat Liaison. It's really that simple. I'm just going to try to beat Bob Baffert. I'm going to put him in the gimmick, but I don't want him to run second. I want Captain Obvious to run second. And that's, you know, that's I'm going to put Tiz Point over Captain Obvious and Liaison and hope that uh, Captain Obvious can squeeze uh, through the uh, Quinella there. Well, my, my my pick is is going to be liaison. I mean, it's a horse that just broke its maiden. But again, you look at its credentials. It was a two hundred ninety thousand dollar yearling by Indian Charlie. Uh, the combination of uh, Baffert and Bayerano uh, have been winning at Hollywood Park at a forty two percent clip, and just all the uh, symbols seem to kind of point to this horse. I mean, with Baffert, 25% with his two-year-olds, sprint to root, 20%, uh, 26% when he won his last start. Maybe the horse to beat, but it's going to be the one I pick. Well, listen, I'm getting ready to close out here. Again, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Ralph Sirocco. Ralph, where can I hear you when I'm not talking to you on winningponies.com? Well, you know, we uh, we have a light schedule on our show. We we uh, broadcast 360 days a year, <laughs> and uh, we're on uh, Monday through Friday from 9 to 11 a.m. Pacific time. Our first hour is horse racing, second hour is sports betting, and uh, sports uh, news. On the weekend, we're on from 8 to 9 a.m. with just the racing uh, horse racing show, and that is again Pacific time. You can get us on our website at racedaylasvegas.com. Just spell out all the words. You know how to do it. Racedaylasvegas.com. You can get us live and archived on there. And I guess we got an iPod dealy going on with iTunes as well. You know, it's all that technical stuff. <laughs> A little bit beyond some crusty guys like you and me. Ralph, thanks so much for being on winningponies.com. I hope I can get you to loop as a regular handicapper here on the show. Yeah, well, uh, you know, anytime you need me, John, I'm more than happy to talk horses with you or anybody else and uh, your listeners and, and uh, just uh, have a good time at the races and enjoy. Thanks a lot. That's Ralph Rocco, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it's time to uh, close the show for this week. It's been an exciting one. I want to thank both Ralph and Tom Lamar for being on the show. Don't forget, tap into winningponies.com for all your handicapping info, and it will help you get to the winner's circle and, better yet, to that window where you cash your tickets from high atop the grandstand overlooking the river to the hills of kentucky ladies and gentlemen for winning ponies i'm john Engelhart. remember bet with your head not over it
Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.